who insisted on living above mediocrity and refused to live inside the boundaries of their natural limitations. Example, Cervantes stuttered severely, and yet he became a great public speaker. Teddy Roosevelt, Theodore Roosevelt, was a very sickly child, and the doctor said that he would never reach full maturity, and yet he led the Rough Riders up San Juan Hill, and he became president of the United States. Franklin Delano Roosevelt suffered polio so severely it paralyzed him from the waist down, and yet he served as our president. Thomas Edison, he was almost totally deaf by the time he was 30, and yet he invented the photograph, the, the, not the photograph, the phonograph, okay? <laughs> and uh, you think about that, you think about Beethoven, Ludwig von Beethoven, he was totally deaf, and yet he wrote the Ninth Symphony, refusing to live inside the limitations they excelled. I think about uh, Wilma Rudolph, who was born with polio, walked with the, with the metal uh, leg braces, and yet she refused to live inside those limitations. She would go on to win gold medals in the Olympic Games. <laughs> refusing to let that happen. Refusing to let that happen. What, what about... Robert Louis Stevenson, he became an invalid due to a hemorrhage, and yet he went on to write the classics, Treasure Island, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. John Milton, <clears throat> he, uh, uh, when, when John Milton was blind, he wrote the treatise of Christian doctrine, the Latin dictionary, Paradise Lost and Paradise Regained. As a blind man. Wow. Two men that are my favorite in history. Booker T. Washington. He was a servant to a white family. His job, one of his jobs was to carry the books of the family's children as they walked to school. He longed for an education. He wanted to be an educated man. And yet it was denied to him. But when he became more grown, he left that servanthood and he became a worker in the mines, saving his money so he could go to school. He finished his elementary school, his high school. He continued working in the mines to pay for his college. He finished college. He established Tuskegee Institute, which is Tuskegee University today. Booker T. Washington, <laughs> another, another black man, born and raised in a slave family. In a raid during the Civil War, he lost his family. Another family adopted him, but he was denied going to school because he was a black man, and yet he had a brilliant, brilliant mind. Finally, he was able to go on to college and George Washington Carver became one of the leading scientists 
of the 20th century. Refusing to live in mediocrity, refusing to live within the limitations of their, of their natural limitations and insisting on stepping outside those boundaries and pressing beyond what they would normally be able to do, they reached and did what no person believed they would ever be able to do. You know, Jesus Christ talked about that same thing for you and I. He talked about that same thing for you and I. In John chapter 14, the passage that we read today, Jesus said, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, will he do also, and greater works than he shall he do, because I go unto my Father. If you ask anything in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Now, I know many of you have heard that passage many times. Maybe most of you. But most Christians live far beneath that because they have real difficulty grabbing a hold of it and seeing it inside their own life and believing it for themselves. I'm going to ask you to close your eyes as I repeat that for you one more time, and I want to emphasize certain parts of this. So close your eyes, listen to it one more time. Most assuredly, I say to you, he who believes in me the works that I do, he will do also. He who believes in me, that's you. That's you. I want you to, with your eyes closed, just say to your own heart, that's me. Jesus is talking about me. The works that I do, he will do also. You have the ability to do the very same works that Jesus did. You have the ability to do the very same works that Jesus did. And greater works than these shall he do. You can live beyond your limits. You can live beyond your natural limits. The works that I do, he will do also, and greater works than these shall he do, because I go unto my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. Living above the level of mediocrity. Eyes open. Look right here. Look right here. Those of you in the blacksmith shop, listen. Jesus is talking to you right now. Those of you in the fellowship hall, the Lord Jesus Christ is talking to your heart right now. And he is saying to you, you have let way too many of the natural things limit you. Those in, in the room with me here, so often, 
We let, we let the things that are said to us, said about us, they set the boundaries. And this is especially so today through the medical field and our sociology field. They put limits. Well, you know, they're, they're uh, hyperactive. Well, you know, they've got, and they've got all these alphabet. I call it the psychological alphabet soup. They've got all of these alphabets that, that limit what people can and cannot do. Setting boundaries upon them. Maybe all your life you heard, you're so stupid, you can't, can't you do anything right? The answer is no, you're not stupid. The answer is yes, you can do a lot of things right. Will you do everything right? I don't know of anybody that's perfect except you know who. His initials are JC. They're the, that's the only perfect one I know. But can you do things, a lot of things right? Are you able to exceed what you've lived up to this very moment? The answer is yes. If we will not let age, whether you're getting old or whether you're young, don't let age limit you. Don't let what people say about you limit you. Refuse to live in the limitations that is on you naturally. Maybe you've got physical limitations. Maybe you've suffered with illness. Maybe you were born with a disability. I want to tell you the only limits that are on you are the limits you let be on you because of your thinking and because of what the world says around you. But when you realize what Jesus Christ says about you and you begin believing what Jesus says about you, Jesus says, the things I do, you will do also, and even greater works than these will you do. Why would we live within the natural limitations? Why would we be content with mediocrity when we can live the way Jesus said we can live? Amen. It's a choice. It's a choice you make. And it happens right between your ears. <laughs> even when the negative emotions are coming in, even when you're feeling like a failure, you know what? Failure is not an identity. Failure is an event. Get over it and move on. Don't let failure limit you. Just, just an example. Look it up sometime how many times Thomas Edison failed before he succeeded in developing the light bulb. It will shock you. Not hundreds. Just give you a little hint. It wasn't hundreds of times. It was a lot more than that. Look it up. Why would you let failure? I, I think about Winston Churchill who went bankrupt three times. Walt Disney went bankrupt multiple times before Mickey Mouse. <laughs> Okay? Almighty God says to you, the only limits that are there are the ones you let be put on you by others or by your own thinking and your own reasoning and by your lack of faith. He who believes in me, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me. That's every one of us. That's every one of us. Oh, how, how is that possible? What what makes that even possible? He said, because I go to my Father. Because I go to my Father. 
I'm going to do the impossible. I'm going to raise from the dead. I'm going to raise from the dead. And when I raise from the dead, I'm going to go to the Father. And then he said this, if you ask anything in my name, that will I do that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. And if you love me, keep my commandments. Now, you've got to understand something. There are two other components that go with this. Prayer life, a life of prayer. Faith believing, right? Remember what Jesus said? He said, if, 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 you, if, you, if you ask believing, you can say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea. If you don't doubt in your heart. So prayer's got to be a part of it. The other is, you've got to live a holy life. Those that live outside their natural limitations as a disciple of Jesus Christ... They live holy lives. They keep his commandments. Not, not to try and earn God's favor, but because, but because, but because they love Jesus so much, they don't want to do anything to disappoint him and to violate him. It's out of love. It's out of a love motivation. We're going to talk about that the whole next series. We're going to talk about through this summer. We're going to talk about how to live out of the life Jesus Christ has called us to live so that we can live outside the limits that Almighty God says we can live. It's amazing. But right now, Jesus went on to say, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another comforter another helper, that he may abide with you forever, even the spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, neither knoweth him, but ye know him, for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. We are talking about literally living a life that is out of this world. It, it is not normal. This is not normal living. It's not even normal Christian living. It is being an authentic disciple of Jesus Christ and choosing to live outside this world. Oh, I know you're in the world, but you're not of the world. You're living outside the world. You're living way beyond what this world normally talks about. You're living a life that others look at you and they envy what you have because you're learning how to live out of the dynamic of Holy Spirit. You really grasp the fact that, you know what, Holy Spirit lives in me. Wait a minute, Holy Spirit is the third person of the Trinity. That means I have Almighty God living inside of me. Have you really grasped that? Have you really grasped that? Your body is the temple of Almighty God. He literally lives in you. And can I say something to you? You didn't get his little finger. You didn't get just a portion of God or just a little bit of God. You got all of God. The Apostle Paul talks about that in Ephesians chapter 3. This is an amazing passage. And he starts it off by saying, look, for this reason I bow my knee to the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, for whom the whole family in heaven and in earth is named. And then he goes on to say, and this is what I'm praying for you. And I want you to know something. This is what I've been praying for you almost daily, praying this for you. Those of you in the fellowship hall, those of you here in the worship center with me, those of you that are in the, in the blacksmith shop, this is what I'm praying for you. 
Those of you that are worship on LFC online, this is what I'm praying for you. I am praying for you exactly what the Apostle Paul wrote here in Ephesians chapter 3. That you would be strengthened by his spirit in the inner man. That you would have the might and power of Holy Spirit strengthening you in the inner man. That you would be rooted and grounded. That you would know the height, the depth, the length, and the breadth of his love. That you would have the peace of God that passes human understanding. And that you would live out of the fullness of Almighty God in you. That you would learn. Listen, it's learning to realize, God, you live in me. Almighty God, you live in me. And there's nothing impossible to you. And if you've been around here a while, you know our mantra here. Okay, With God, all things are possible. God lives in me, therefore to me all things are possible and all things will work together for my good. Come on, amen? amen? That's who we are. He lives in us. Now, the apostle didn't stop here at verse 19, though, when he said, in being filled with all the fullness of God, the very next verse says this. Look at this next verse. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to his power that works in us. Think about that. He wants to do abundantly, exceedingly, Above what you could even ask or think. You wouldn't even think to ask it. How many times have you been faced with a situation and you thought for a moment, you know what, I should pray about this. You go, oh, no, but no, I probably shouldn't pray about that. Why not? You think he wouldn't be interested in helping you fix your car? You think he wouldn't be interested in you? Maybe having a refrigerator that wasn't built in 1954. <laughs> you think maybe he wouldn't want you to have health? You think God wouldn't want to intervene in that situation at work that is a constant pressure on you? You see, we, we, we often, we, 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 we don't think that we should even pray about it. Or, or we think, well, you know, God wouldn't be interested in that. That's too small for Almighty God. And, and Almighty God is saying, look, I want to do exceedingly abundantly above what you could ask or think. I want to do more than that. And I want to do it by the power that is inside of you. I want my Holy Spirit who lives inside of you to manifest his power and his presence so he's working in you so that you are experiencing life that is beyond your natural limitations and is way above the level of mediocrity. He wants to do that for you. He wants to do that for you. That's his desire in your life. <laughs> All because Holy Spirit lives in you. Look how Holy Spirit 
wants to work inside of you. I'm going to just point out several little points from John 14, 15, 16. And then next week, we're going to wrap up this whole series. But we're going to talk about not just the dynamic of Holy Spirit in your life, but the power of God's anointing in your life working through you. Anointing. Anointing is the divine power of Almighty God that enables an ordinary person to do extraordinary things. God wants to work in you. We're going to talk about that next Sunday as we wrap up this whole series, Living from the Inside Out. But right now, I, I want you to understand God wants you living by the dynamic of Holy Spirit. And Jesus talked about this over and over and over, learning to live by the dynamic of Holy Spirit. Instead of just living by your natural mind, your natural strength, your natural abilities, just how you grew up. Well, this is how I grew up. I don't know how to live any other way, Pastor. This is just how we grew up. Well, you know, you know, you know me. I'm a, you know, and you mention your family name, and you go, that's just how we are. And I'm saying to you, why are you living by your physical, natural family name when you have been born of Heavenly Father, and Heavenly Father gives you His Holy Spirit, and He says, live by my family name. Amen. Live by me. I'm your Heavenly Father. You've been born again. I've put my life source in you. Live by dynamic of Holy Spirit. And look at what he said. He said in John 14, 18 to 24, that Holy Spirit will give you solidarity with the Father and with the Son. And we talked about that one whole message on that. And if you missed that or you're not remembering what it was all about, you need to go back. It's on YouTube you can go back. It's also on, on our Facebook videos at Living Faith Church Hermiston uh, on Facebook and on YouTube. And you can go back and listen to that message Living in Solidarity with Heavenly Father and with Jesus Christ. And what that means that means you are one with Him and He is with you. And all of those verses in the book of Ephesians that talks about being in Christ and talking about being of Christ. It's all, it's all who you are. You're in solidarity with Heavenly Father and with the Lord Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit, not only that, Holy Spirit gives you what? He gives you the teaching. Jesus said, he will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. Listen to it again. He will teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance. I want to speak for just a moment to the men. You maybe grew up like I did. I hated to read. I had to read in school, so I read the first chapter and the last chapter and took the test. <clears throat> no wonder I got straight F's in English. Okay. Clear up through my junior year. My junior year, Mr. Brown forced me. I got D's. And that year when he wouldn't approve me to, to be in the lead role of the music man, or excuse me, of South Pacific, then our thespian teacher who also taught senior English cornered me in the hallway 
And all you ever said to Mrs. Martin was, yes, Mrs. Martin, no, Mrs. Martin, yes, Mrs. Martin, no, Mrs. Martin. That's all you ever said. She caught me in the hallway. She looked at me. She said, she said, you will be in my English class next year. Yes, Mrs. Martin. You will get a good grade. Yes, Mrs. Martin. <laughs> you will be in the music man next year. Yes, Mrs. Martin. <laughs> you know, and guess what? When I got my list of classes, English. Guess who? Mrs. Martin. Yeah. She helped me get C's for the first time in my life. But I still graduated from high school, really, only able to read about 100 words a minute. Really was not a good reader. And most men are that way. But I want to tell you what literally happened, and this is, this is no exaggeration. When I got baptized in the Holy Spirit with my spiritual language, suddenly I could read the King James Version of the Bible, and I could understand it, and I could read it. Well, Holy Spirit will teach you all things and bring all things to remembrance. He enabled me to begin memorizing. And I, I want to say to you, my brothers, I understand that reading is a challenge for you. It is for most all men. Not all men, but most men. It's a challenge. And they hate reading. But I want to say to you, if you will ask Holy Spirit, he will give you the ability. You just got to ask him. You gotta ask him. He wants us to live way above our natural limitations. That's why he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, he said, Eye is not seen, ear is not heard, neither is entered into the heart of men the things that God has for them. Remember? Doing exceedingly abundantly above all that we could ask or think. And there are things that God has for you that's not even entered into your mind. There are things that God promises you in the scriptures that you're not even seeing yet. But listen to the very next verse. But these things are revealed to us by his Holy Spirit. And then he goes on in that chapter talking about these things are spiritually discerned. Comparing spiritual things with spiritual things. And I'm saying to you, you have the Holy Spirit living in you as a disciple of Jesus Christ. Holy Spirit lives in you. He wants to teach you. He wants to bring to your remembrance. And he wants you to understand things that God has given to you that you don't even understand yet. But Holy Spirit will reveal them to you. That's why in Ephesians chapter 1, the Apostle Paul said, I pray that you will be given the spirit of revelation and understanding that your spiritual eyes will be open. Holy Spirit will do that for you. He goes on to say, Holy Spirit is going to give you the peace of Jesus Christ. Peace that passes human understanding. He said in chapter 15, Holy Spirit will help you to bear good fruit. He said, Holy Spirit will give you joy and the love of Almighty God. Well, the first two fruits of the Holy Spirit are love and joy. Almighty God wants us to live with a supernatural love and a supernatural joy that the world does not understand. They'll look at you and go, why are you so happy? See, they only know happy. That comes from circumstances. But you can know joy that is far out of this world. And so worldly circumstances don't affect your ability to live in joy. Because you live beyond the world. And then he said that uh, 
he will make us a witness. Say, in this world, you will, you, the world will hate you. The world hates Christians. Have you discovered that yet? The world hates Christians. The only Christians the world loves are Christians who are so compromising in their walk with Jesus that they're tolerant of everything the world wants tolerant, things that God calls abominations. And when the, world will comp- when the church will compromise with the world, then the world will love the church. But when we do that, we're not really loving Jesus. Because the scripture says if you're going to be a friend with the world, you can't be a friend with Almighty God. You've got to make up your mind. You're going to love the world and be a friend with the world? Or are you going to love the Lord Jesus Christ and Almighty God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your strength? And if that's the case, the world will hate you. But that's okay. You'll still be a witness to the world. And you know what? You will have things the world will never be able to give you. And then he said, the Holy Spirit's going to make it so you'll never stumble. That even though in the world, in this fallen world, we live in a fallen world, we don't have to live fallen. Even though we live in a fallen world, we don't have to live fallen. You say, well, pastor, I just, I just stumble and fall all the time. Probably because you've not learned how to live by the dynamic of Holy Spirit. Because when you learn how to live by the dynamic of Holy Spirit, your stumbling and your falling gets less and less and less as you live more and more by the dynamic of Holy Spirit. And that's what he's talking about here. That's what he's talking about. See, Almighty God wants you to be a mighty oak that will not be blown in the wind. He wants you to live with a stability. What we were singing about earlier. My soul secure, your promise sure, your love endures always my soul secure your promise sure your love endures always amen come on see holy spirit in you living by holy spirit dynamic do you live that you can. And today, as we receive communion, I want you to make this a time with you, Heavenly Father, Jesus Christ, and Holy Spirit. And I want you to have a conversation with them. A conversation that goes something like this. Lord Jesus, you promised that you would give me the comforter that would abide with me forever and that he would not just be with me, he would be in me and he would be the dynamic of my life. I want to live out of Holy Spirit dynamic. And then this, get ready. Holy Spirit, forgive me that I have not made you the center and core of my life. I want you to be the core of my being. I want to live by your dynamic, Holy Spirit. Teach me. Teach me. (laughs) Teach me. I got to tell you, when you start doing this, life's going to get exciting. You may say, well, Pastor, I've been doing this. I've been walking with Holy Spirit for years. Awesome. Get more. 
get more. You say, well, what do you mean get more? He's almighty God. How much almighty God is operating in your life right now? You got, you got, you got his entire omnipotent power to operate in your life. Get more. Amen? Get more. Here's how we're going to do communion today. In just a moment, I'm going to invite you to come forward. Come by in each of, in each of the rooms, uh, each of the buildings, I should say, because we're in separate buildings. In each of the buildings, there's a table set up with a communion tray. I'm going to ask you to come by, pick up. There's, there's two cups in each container. Pick up both cups. One cup holds the bread. One cup holds the juice, okay? Pick up both cups. And, uh, and then go back to your seat, and we, we will partake together. So please hold the bread, hold the cup until we, uh, we've all been served, and then all together we will, uh, we will receive the bread together. We'll receive the, the, the drink together. Amen? Heavenly Father, as we prepare right now to receive the Lord's table, Jesus, this is our covenant meal with you. We break bread with you. And as we break bread with you, we're remembering that night when you broke bread with the disciples, you taught them about Holy Spirit. And as we break bread together today, we want to, we want to learn more about Holy Spirit. We want to have a greater measure of Holy Spirit dynamic working in our life. And so Jesus, as we break bread together, would you meet with us in a powerful, powerful way right now? And I give you praise. I give you praise. I give you praise. Amen. I, I purposely have excused the worship team from ministry at this time so that they can participate in this as well in full measure. Because I am looking for all of us to just experience from this day forward a dynamic change in our life. Every one of us, every one of us, those of you online, those of you worshiping with us right now, in Jesus' name. So I'm going to ask you to step forward from your chairs, come by, pick up one of the containers, and slip back to your, to your chair, if you would, please. In all three buildings, would you begin now moving and picking up your communion and moving back to your chair? Amen. Please come. Just, just, just pick, just pick one of them. It's yeah, the bread. Take both cups. They have the bread in the cup. There you go, there you go. Amen. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, Lord. Praise you, mighty God. Praise you, mighty God. Paul wrote in Ephesians, according as he hath chosen us in him, before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy without love, 
without blemish. In love, having predestined us to the adoption of children, according to the good pleasure of his will in Christ Jesus, having made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace. To the church at Philippi, he wrote, But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss. Yea, doubtless, I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, for whom I have suffered the loss of all things, and do count them but dung, that I might know him, not having mine own righteousness, which is of the law, but that righteousness which is by faith, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering, having been made conformable unto his death. Mm. The Lord Jesus Christ and his redemption in our life. His redemption in our life. Not by works of righteousness, which we have done. He wrote to Titus. According to his mercy, he has saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. Praise you. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Amen. Amen. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Praise you, Heavenly Father. Mm. That bottom cup that you have has the bread. I'm going to ask you right now if you would uh, take the bread. And everyone in all three buildings, would you just hold the bread up before your, before your face? The bread represents the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Hebrews chapter 10, it says, a body you have prepared for me. And that body was prepared, it says, that he might sanctify us once and for all. Through the body of our Lord Jesus Christ. That physical body. He was 100% God. He was 100% man. In his physical body, he was tempted in all points like we. In his physical body, he suffered rejection, pain, disappointment. He wept. He cried. He loved. In his physical body, God took the iniquity of us all and laid it on him. And when he was nailed to the cross, he was carrying the iniquity of us all. And in the wages of sin is death. And he died in our place. And that physical body was buried in the grave. And then that physical body, he walked out the third day into resurrection life. And now because he lives, we live also. Jesus, your body. You paid the covenant price for us in your body. And we thank you, Jesus. 
And we identify that because of what you suffered in your body, now in this body, we can live just as if we'd never sinned. And now our body can become the temple of the Holy Spirit. And when we're born again, you put your spirit in us. Because if we have not the spirit of Christ, we're none of his. Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit lives in us. We thank you, Jesus. We praise you for that. Amen, church family. Amen. You may eat the bread. The cup of juice. It's just grape juice. That's all. But it's emblematic of the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. The blood of Jesus that has been sprinkled on the mercy seat of heaven that is ever there to purge our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. It is that blood that washes us though our sins were red like crimson, yet the blood of Jesus washes us white as snow. The blood of Jesus that transforms us from being a sinner to being a saint. The blood of Jesus that makes us just as if we had never sinned because if we confess our sin, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sin and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. The blood of Jesus that cleanses and purges. The blood of Jesus that makes us the holy temple of the Holy Spirit. That blood. That blood. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. Oh, the blood of Jesus. It washes white as snow. Lord, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Thank you that it purges and cleanses us and makes us the temple of Holy Spirit. Thank you, Lord. Thank you in Jesus' name. You may drink the cup. And now, before, before you move, would you spend just a few minutes talking to Jesus about Holy Spirit and you? Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit. Mm. Mm. Lord Jesus. Lord. Lord. More Holy Spirit. More. More Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord Jesus. We want to live out of the dynamic of Holy Spirit, not of our own natural strength, our natural mind, our natural understanding, our natural skills. We want to live beyond our natural limitations. We want to live above the level of mediocrity. We want to live by the dynamic of Holy Spirit in Jesus' name.
Thank you, mighty God. Thank you, mighty God. Amen? Amen. 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 If you will pause on your way out today, if you will stop by the tray and deposit your cups back in the tray in uh, our custodians, and we'll, we'll take care of them, but thank you so much. But just a couple of, of house, please don't leave yet. We have a couple of housekeeping things I want to share with you. Uh, our gathering together each, each week like this happens through registration. We're still in limits. Uh, we've got one more week that we're under phase one. I'm praying that with the president's declaration that maybe something dynamic will happen this week. But, but um, uh, we, at this point, uh, we, we are, we're trying to rotate a different 75 people each week in the three buildings, 25 in each building. But we, we do make up a, uh, a, a reserve list because oftentimes we have cancellations, and so other folks that want to get in can get in. So you may be here today, and you want to be back next week. Would you be sure and text Wanda and let her know, I want to be, and then let her know how many spaces you need, and she'll, she'll put you on that, on that reserve list and, uh, so that uh, we, can, we can make sure all spaces are filled. Um, and, and if you reserve a seat for Wednesday night or Sunday morning and you can't make it, please, please let us know because there's someone that would love to fill that chair if you can't be here. And let us know as soon as possible. Try to not make it 15 minutes before starting time, okay? And, uh, uh, and, and so let us know because... That way, that way we can make sure everyone that, that would like to be here can be here and, and be a part. I, I know this isn't easy. I know it's uncomfortable, uh, but this is how we're doing it right now. Uh, we got one more week, as far as we know, of 25, and then we're praying in phase two it will be 100, okay? And wow, then that's going to really be fun, Amen. But uh, be, be praying, be praying, be praying, okay? Just would like to remind you, all of the uh, study of the book of Revelation is up on YouTube, up through this last Wednesday. You can go there, study the book of Revelation with us. Uh, we will be on Zoom again this week with a study of Revelation and 25 here in the worship center. And uh, if you want to be a part of that 25, you might want to get your name in right away because they fill up really quick, okay? And, um, and come study with us on Wednesday nights or jump with us on Zoom, on uh, Facebook, uh, by, uh, by, by texting and by email. Uh, I let folks know what the uh, meeting ID number is so you can join us on Zoom. If you don't have that app yet, you might want to download it so you can be ready for Wednesday night. Also up on our Living Faith Church-Hermiston YouTube channel, we've got all of the Discipleship 101 series is there. Uh, there's some other special teachings that are there, that, and, and we're adding to those on a regular basis, so be sure and join us there. Uh, if you've been a part of Leadership 101, all of Leadership 101 is on my personal YouTube channel, F. Dean Hackett, uh, and uh, you can go there. 
Uh, you can subscribe to the Living Faith channel, and that way each new item we put up on the, on the YouTube channel, you get alert to that. You can also do the same thing at my channel. Uh, and uh, so a couple of ways to get to resources um, and just make you aware of that. And uh, also, Fusion began meeting in person. Uh, this last Thursday night is middle schoolers. Friday night is high schoolers. Uh, uh, they, uh, they, between, between the two nights, uh, they had 30 this last weekend, and uh, it was a great, great time. So let your kids know that Fusion is open Thursday night's middle school, Friday night high school. And have them invite their friends and come join Pastor Jesse and Melissa and all of the leadership team on, uh, uh, on Thursday night, Friday night. It's a, it's a great, great time. They, they had some great pictures from their social distancing costumes. Pretty crazy. Pretty fun. Okay. I would like to let you know that um, we are making a difference in, our, in Greater Hermiston. And your faithful tithe and offering help us make a difference here in, in, our, in our counseling ministry, in our teaching ministry, in our counseling ministry, our participation with Agape House, with True Care Pregnancy Resource Center, uh, our support of the, the chaplain's ministry for first-time responders. You are making a huge, huge difference and uh, there are so many ways. Uh, some of the stories that I have heard from, from the ministry of the chaplains uh, for our first responders has absolutely been amazing. And, uh, and then also, your faithful giving to world missions uh, is helping us reach around the world. Our ministry in Israel, the, the ministry in Bosnia-Herzegovina, I shared with you couple of weeks ago, how that's making a difference. I want to share with you, I, I heard this week from our ministry in Croatia that during, uh, that this last Sunday, they, they, they opened up, the churches are fully opened up now in Croatia, and this last Sunday, some new families showed up at the church, and when, uh, when Pastor Mario asked them, uh, you know, uh, how did you find this, and it's great to have you here, how did you find us? They said, well, during the COVID-19 lockdown and the earthquake we had, we began reading the Bible at home together. And we discovered that we did not know the truth. And we want to we become Christians and we want to we we be born again. Can you teach us how to do that? And so they got to lead these new families to salvation. And just, isn't that awesome? And so, and it's your, it's your faithfulness in your tithe, in your offerings, in your giving to world missions that helps us extend around the world this way in ministry. Thank you for your faithfulness. Would like to let you know we now have four ways that you can participate in tithe and offerings. One is uh, at, uh, on the way out at each of the, each of the buildings that you're in. There will be either an offering plate or, or another, another depository where you can, you can drop off your tithe and offering before you leave today. You can bring it by the office. We're open Monday through Thursday, 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. You can drop it by the office. Uh, you can mail it, post office box 310, Hermiston, Oregon, 
or you can go online at winacity.com. In the upper right corner is a drop-down menu. As you click on that, there's the giving button. You can click on that, and we have an absolutely secure giving portal. You can even, you can even uh, subscribe to where there's an automatic draw, and so that your tithe and offering automatically comes out. You can set that up. And so those are the four ways that you can participate in our tithe and in our offering. God bless you for your faithfulness. It has been awesome worshiping with you today. I've loved it. I know you have loved it. If you would like personal prayer in the blacksmith shop, Pastor Reagan, Pastor Wanda's there. In the, uh, uh, in the uh, fellowship hall building, uh, Pastor Jesse and Melissa are there to pray for you. In the worship center, I'm here. I'd be glad to pray for you on your way out. If you would like prayer, we're happy to do that. God bless you. Let's stand together, and we're going to be dismissed in prayer. And then if you'd like personal prayer, please just come forward, and the pastoral staff will be glad to pray for you before we leave today. And uh, also on the way out, uh, the offering is right there. If you would set that over right on the edge there. Yep, there we go. Thank you so much. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for ministering today. I thank you for your presence here that's been so strong. And now in the authority of Jesus' name, I pray that every day this week that each one will walk in the shadow of your countenance upon them. That almighty God, your grace will flood their day every day. You will flood them with your grace, strengthening them by your Holy Spirit in the inner man, in the inner woman. And that almighty God, they will begin grasping the full measure of the height, the length, the depth, and the breath of your love. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you, dear ones. Have a great week.